Beautiful, thank God. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, everyone. I hope everyone is well. Let's just do a quick recap on what we're talking about. Refresh Lama to Terry, it's good to see you. Thank you for making the effort, even though you had your war wounds. It's appreciated. Okay, so where we are with the following. Two weeks ago, we finished eating, um, finished the topic of eating milk after meat. Um, we ended that. What we were speaking about last week is that, is there a prohibition at all to eat meat after milk? So a person has a beautiful tuna lasagna, a cheesy tuna lasagna for lunch, and a person wants to have some dry horse afterwards. Is there a halakhic problem with regards to consuming meat after milk? So we said that if a person wanted to go about and use the logic that we did with regards to milk after meat, number one, is there bits of cheese stuck between one's teeth? No, cheese is very soft. It's not going to necessarily get stuck between the teeth, therefore there shouldn't be a problem. And according to the shit of Rashi, maybe there's that fattiness of cheese that gets stuck to a palate. Not really either. Right? So therefore, halakhically, there's no problem with regards to eating milk or meat after milk. However, right, and that's exactly what the Rashba says. The Rashba says that halakhically there is no problem going about eating meat after milk because the two rationale, the, two, the logic with regards to it being stuck in one's teeth and the fatty substance will not apply. However, even though that according to the strict letter of the law, a person after having a, um, a cheese sandwich can have a piece of biltong, we, we're going to be on page 78, going to be on page 78, we find that there is a little bit of a machloket in terms of what a person should do after they've eaten meat, or oh, sorry, after they've eaten milk, in order to eat meat. So, halakhically, can a person eat milk straight after? Halakhically, can a person eat meat straight after milk? Yes, because the relationship between having meat stuck in one's teeth and the fattiness of the cheese in one's mouth is not going to be a problem with regards to eating meat after milk. However, is that we find that there is a machloikas in the Gemara in terms of what a person should do straight after eating milk if they would like to eat meat. The first opinion was the Tinnan of Beis Hillel. Beis Hillel says you need to do something called Hadacha. What does Hadacha mean? Right, Hadacha means to rinse. Right, you, you need to rinse something. Now, according to Rashi, what does it mean that a person should rinse? What does it seem to imply that a person should rinse? The mouth. Right, if a person's been eating meat, Sorry, if a person's been eating milk and there's a concern that the milk and the meat are going to go about and mix together, then the concern is that a person should rinse out their mouth. So everyone agrees you need to do hadacha. <clears throat> According to Rashi, what does hadacha mean? Rinse your mouth. According to the Rambam, the Rambam agrees that you need to do hadacha, but what does hadacha refer to? Washing your hands. Because a person is going to go about and pick up the meaty pieces or the milky pieces with their hands and we're scared. It's going to get stuck onto either the meat or the milk. So therefore, according to everyone, what is the first thing that you need? Hadakha. Well, the only thing is, what is Hadakha? According to the opinion of Rashi, Hadakha means? Wash your mouth. According to the opinion of the Rambam, what does Hadakha mean? Wash your hands. Good. That's the first thing that you need. The second thing that you need is something called Kinoach. What does kinuach mean? Kinuach literally means to wipe out. 
You need to wipe out the surface of your mouth. So we don't expect a person to go about and take a cloth to wipe out the surface of their mouth. The halacha is that a person should eat something in order that when they eat something, what's going to happen? <clears throat> it's going to clean the mouth. So basically you're using another type of food, a part of a food, in order to wipe out your mouth. Who holds that you need to do this? Everyone holds that you need to do this. Number one, you need to do hadacha. But there's a machloik is what hadacha means. Everyone says you need to do kinoach, you need to wipe it out. So any part of food, except for three types of food. What are those types of food? Flour, because flour is very hard to wipe. Right? Number two okay. is dates. Dates, also very hard. And vegetables. Vegetables get very soggy and you can't. But any type of food that is part of a person goes about and wipes out their mouth. Okay. So what do we see, guys? We see that we have three elements, or at least we have two elements of how a person can parav up their mouth after eating meat in order to eat milk. You need hadacha, which means rinsing. So what does it mean you need to rinse? You need to rinse your mouth, all your hands. And number two is that you also need kinuach, you need to eat something. Okay. So how do we pasca? How do we pasca? If a person wants to eat something after eating meat, uh, sorry, after eating milk, what, what do we do? So halachically, let's look at the Shulchan Aruch again. Look at the Shulchan Aruch. Um, it's uh, page 76, the Shulchan Aruch. Um, it's the end part. Shulchan Aruch, you're a day, Hilchot Basar Bechalav. Do you have it there, ladies? <clears throat> let's read it inside and let's try to get an understanding. Do you have it over there? No, I think it's the thicker block. It's the thicker block. Is it 77? Okay. It's the thicker block. So let's try to get an understanding of who the halacha is like. Achal gvina. If a person eats cheese, mutalechol acharav basar, person can eat meat afterwards. Miad. What does miad mean? Immediately. Provided, will be avad. Provided, she ayen yadav. Check one's hands. She lo yei shum davar magvin nebak b'hem to make sure there isn't any particles of cheese that are stuck to them. So who does it sound like we paskening like? The Rambam is that the washing doesn't refer to the mouth, but the washing refers to the hands. This is how the shulchan aruch paskens. So if you want to eat a little bit of meat after milk, you need to wash your hands first. What else do we need? And you need to wipe out your mouth and rinse it. So who's the Shulchan Aruch Paskling like as well? Both of them. Like Rambam and Rashi. It's not good enough just to wash your hands. You need to rinse out your mouth as well. And you need to wipe out your mouth as well. So how do you rinse out your mouth, ladies? Normally, with water. Okay. How do you wipe out your mouth? Vakinuahu. Wiping out one's mouth, if she lost pass, eat a little bit of bread, and by eating the bread, it's going to go about and wipe out one's mouth. It doesn't have to be bread. If you're banting, it's fine. You can do anything else except flour, dates, and vegetables. Why? Because it's going to get stuck in one's palate with regards to these type of foods. And if you use these types of food, it's not going to lie to wipe out your mouth properly. And after this, 
You need to wash out your mouth b'mayim or b'yayim with a liquid, whether water or one. So how do we find that the Shulchan Aruch Paskins? How does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? Like all opinions, we need to be concerned about the opinion of the Rambam that we need to wash out our hands. We also need to be concerned about the opinion of the Rambam, sorry, about Rashi, that we need to rinse out our mouth. And we need to be concerned of the opinion of the Gemara that you need to actually wipe out one's mouth. So we're passing like all of that. Okay. So based on this, if we go about and eat milk and we want to eat meat afterwards, how should we go about and act? What should I be doing? Wash your hands and then we'll eat something and then rinse your mouth. Right. Yes, yes, same thing. So how many of us do this? So number one, why don't we? Is it because we didn't know this halacha? Or is it because there's another reason that we don't do it? So... We need to have a look, guys, is that what's it going to be dependent on? It's also going to be dependent on is that in the times of the Shulchan Aruch, how did people eat? The hands. They ate with their hands, right? So today, um, most people eat with a knife and fork. So doing hadacha, going about and using one's hands, isn't necessarily going to be a reality for people eating meat and milk. So therefore, if a person doesn't eat with their hands, eat with a knife and a fork, if they would like to eat, meat after milk, then they don't need to wash their hands, number one. If they ate with their hands, if it's a toasted cheese or something, then they would need to. Another alternative today is the following, brushing one's teeth. If a person has brushed one's teeth, it fulfills the role of, number one, kinuach, wiping out the mouth, and also of hadacha, with regards to rinsing out the mouth. So therefore, today, if a person eats with a knife and fork and brushes one's teeth or uses mouthwash between eating milk and meat, then a person doesn't need to go through the extent of eating bread, of washing one's hands, on and so forth. But if a person is somewhere else in the middle of the Kruger Park, doesn't have their um, toothbrush, would like to have meat after they've consumed milk, then halakhically, if they ate with their hands, the person needs to wash their hands, the person needs to extend it by eating something parrot between, then after rinsing out their mouth in order to make sure that this um, item is gone. Make sense? Good. One thing that we didn't necessarily cover is that we find that it's not necessarily time sensitive. What do we mean that it's not time sensitive? Well, that's what I wanted to actually ask you is that surely if like, you waited. Let's say you had waited three hours, oh, which does that as count? long as you're waiting for meat anyway, oh. you, you don't have to do this whole story. Very good. So why is it with regards to meat that we need to wait? Because the fat and, and, and the, the more that you leave it, the more that it's going to decompose to some extent, it's not going to be there. When we say that a person should do this hadacha, should do this kinuach, is that the only way that a person should go about and doing it? But what happens if a person waited? Is that going to be okay? Or is it inclusive of waiting and doing these actions with regards to hadacha and kinuach? Hear the, the, the shala. And number two is that, do we wait? Have you heard of people waiting for half an hour? Right, waiting for an hour? Is there a basis for that? Is, is one better than the other? Not really. Now, what's the story? I don't see how it can be because yeah. the prohibition is not even with the eating. What's the prohibition? You can't cook. Oh? 
Okay. We're going to pick on Glenda today. 78. Does right. anyone think you should wait? I think we should pick on Glenda. It's your turn. It's time. No, I've been very horrible. Yeah, but, horrible you must, to... but you must do loud so that they can... You've got to talk... No. <laughs> Definitely not. I've got hold no nothing. But you've got to go loud so that you can hear the recording. So it could be a revenge thing. I don't even remember you were you horrible. What did, what did you teach her? Want to tell us some stories? I don't, I'm sure I was horrible. Okay, let's go. 78. Does anyone think you should wait at least a little? Is there an application with regards to waiting between meat and milk? What's very strange about that is that the Zohar is not a halachic work at all. The Zohar is a Kabbalistic work, right? It's a, the Zohar is the Kabbalistic work. Um, some say Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai authored it. There's a little bit of a debate who authored the Zohar. But one thing is not, it is not a halachic work. And it seems to be that the source for waiting between milk and meat, waiting, is found in the Zohar. What happens? It is sat in the Beis Yosef and is sated, um by the Shach. But it's the first time that I've seen that we're actually going to be using a Kabbalistic source in order to pass an halach The approach of half an hour is not found in the classical poskit, but is mentioned in the Zohar and is mentioned by some acronym. later generations. Okay, so why isn't the Shulchan Aruch going to accept them? So primarily because we don't use a Kabbalistic source in order to paskan halacha lamaisa, right? That's one of the reasons we don't find it in Shulchan Aruch. Um, but important to note is that in the dis- so what's the rationale, ladies, in order to wait? We haven't discussed what's the ra- rationale. Why would a person wait? Because who who made this point? Maybe Lana made this point. What is the whole prohibition? The whole prohibition is it eating meat and milk together? No. Right? Cooking meat and milk together. And only when meat and milk is cooked together is a person prohibited from consuming it. So let me ask you something. So if the whole idea between waiting between meat and milk is in order to make sure you don't eat it together, then surely the same logic should apply that what? Milk then meat, a person should wait in order to make sure that they don't necessarily eat it together. So that's where the Zohar came from in terms of halacha lamaisa, that the logic should be the same. We don't paskin like this, and even those who paskin like the Zohar, that a person should wait after eating milk in order to eat meat, it's only actual meat, but it doesn't, it doesn't um, include poultry. So chicken, a person doesn't wait, but if a person has taken on this chumrah, this this uh, stringency in order to wait after eating milk to meat, then it's only on chicken, it's only on uh, actual meat and not poultry in itself. Okay. And milk after meat? Is that what you're talking about? No, you're eating meat after milk. Uh, and if it's chicken, you don't have to. When we're talking about eating meat first, then milk, then both poultry and meat is exactly the same. When we're talking about eating meat after milk, 
Right? That's only talking of if you have the chumrah to go about an actual wait, other an hour and a half an hour, that's talking about actual meat. But even according to the Zohar, a person wouldn't necessarily have to wait if that consumed poultry afterwards. Make sense? Good. Okay. <clears throat> Now, what, what would a brocha achrona do? Because oh, remember we said, between meat and milk, we said that according to one of the opinions, according to the opinion of Tosis, all a person isn't allowed to do is eat meat and then milk in the same meal. But if a person went about and separated the meals, what happens? person can consume. Now, what is considered the ending of a meal? So the question is, is if I go about and say after eating milk, now I want to eat biltong. Is that good enough in order to eat biltong straight away? Or do I need to go through the entire process of washing, so on and so forth? Because ending the meal is, is ending the meal. Debbie, don't look at me like that. Carry on. Okay, so everyone agrees that if a person ends the meal, they still have to go about and rinse out their mouth. The question is, is there halachic requirement to end the meal? I'll tell you where this sometimes happens. Um, you have Shavuot um, morning, right? So what happens is that some have the minag on Shavuot morning to eat mochiks, or even Shavuot now to eat mochiks, and then part of the same meal, what do they do? They eat fleshiks. Why would they do that? Because number one, there's a minhag in order to eat mulchiks on Shavuot. But number two, there's a halachic requirement to eat meat at a yontav meal because it needs to be a sudat mitzvah. And to partake in a sudat mitzvah, a person needs meat. So many poiskim say that on Shavuot, a person should eat milk, right, and then eat meat. So now what happens? I have uh, milk cheese blintzes, and now it's time to have my Shavuot, it's time to have my yontav meat. Do I need to say brocha achrona before I go wash my mouth out? So this is a machloikas, right? According to the Magen Abraham, it's unnecessary, right? As long as a person rinses out their mouth, a person doesn't need brocha achrona. However, according to the Darke Tshuva, Rav Moshe Isilis, a person still needs to go about and separate that meal by doing what? By doing brocha achrona. It isn't necessarily going to happen very frequently. The only time it might happen is if some people at the table are eating milk, some people are eating meat, or on a Shabbat morning. Once again, um, the minhag is that it's not necessary to say bracha chrona. If you want to be machmir, you can be machmir. Okay? So normally before you go to the meal, you wash and you have bread. So then you would be eating karo. So what some people do, are you talking about like Shabbat? So what some people do is they, they make Yiddish, they vas, they eat bread. Then they have cheese blintzes, they finish the cheese blintzes, and now it's time for, for steak. Right? So what do they need to do? So obviously they need to do hadacha and they need to do kinuach. They need to wash out their mouth and so on and so forth. Question is, once they finish their cheese blintzes, do they need to say brocha achroina? 
Right? So we said it is a machlokas, but we can be makel, we are makel in not saying it. Next, next. Okay. Okay, go. Let's do this. Strictly speaking, one may eat immediately after dairy, provided that three conditions listed in the Shulchan are full. What are the three conditions, ladies? Good. Okay, so if you that's the way that we paskin, if a person wants to be more machmir, they can take the uh, the scenario on the right. You actually wait between meat and milk, wait half an hour, an hour. Okay. Now this is the part that everyone wants to know: is all dairy to be treated equally? What were they, number one? Why do you have to wait after eating meat in order to eat milk? Number one, get stuck in your teeth. Number two, the taste. Okay, those are the two reasons. We originally said that that doesn't necessarily apply to milk products. But let's have a look. There's a famous Marami Rottenberg. Yeah, Marami Rottenberg. He was considered one of the leading poskim for Ashkenazi jury. He was the rabbi of the Rosh. Right? Incredible, incredible individual. And a lot of the halach is based on his works. The Marami Rottenberg. It mentions, that, it mentions what might have been your logic regarding hard cheese. Read the quote below. It's important to Listen, listen to this Maram right? He says, was once a situation, that after eating cheese, I found a piece of cheese between my teeth. Therefore, I made a stringency for me to be vigilant to wait the same amount of time that I would wait after meat and milk to, to wait the same between milk and meat I, how long is that? 6 hours so what's the logic according to the Marami Rottenberg is that because he found and I don't think it was one, inc- one isolated incident it must have happened quite frequently that he kept on finding little bits of cheeses stuck in his teeth so if cheese was stuck between his teeth what So remember, we said that uh, we brought the opinion of the Taz, is that we, we are afraid that a person isn't going to brush their teeth hard enough or well enough, so it's still going to be there. But according the logic, according to the Mariami Rottenberg, the same logic for waiting or for not eating meat after milk, or sorry, meat, uh, milk after meat, the same logic will be applicable of eating milk, Meat after milk, if it's going to be a type of cheese that gets stuck onto your teeth. So if you think of the actual logic itself, there's no difference. There's absolutely no difference. 
Okay. Why wouldn't it be quoted as halacha? Because what did we see I that he said? He said, Oh, al atzmi. I made a stringency upon myself. But did he go about and say that this should be the halacha? Let's have a look at the Ramo. The Ramo says, Do we take the practice of the Marami Rottenberg and do we go about and impose it on us? <clears throat> the Hago says, mirim. There are those that are stringent. Even to wait after eating milk. And the minhag is the custom is that any hard cheese, a person shouldn't eat meat afterwards, even if it's poultry. So the Ramal Paskins, as a Yesh Oymrim, there are those that say, who is, is it that, who is the those that is referring to? The Marami Rottenberg. But the Ramor brings it la that if a person eats hard cheese, a person needs to wait the same amount of time that they wait when they've eaten meat after milk. Kamog may kill him, but some people are lenient in this regards, and we don't require them to wait, even if it's hard cheese. However, limkois. We do not go about and push this aside. So what is he saying, the Ramah? The Ramah says, there is this halachic concept that a person should be waiting after hard cheeses, just like if a person ate meat and it got stuck in their teeth. There are those that are lenient in this regard. What does it mean? And we don't push it aside, Right? Rather, what should we do? We should just go about and do what we would normally do after eating general milk after meat. So, how does he start off? There is a chumrah. You should abide by it. There are, that, there are some people who are makular lenient. However, don't be lenient. If a person can't necessarily wait, what should they do? Rinse out their mouth. Rinse out their, hand, their, their hands and, and wipe out their mouth. 100%. 100%. But then right? how do you know which, which cheese is... That's the next point. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. We see that the Maharam's um, main concern with hard cheese is that it may get stuck in between the teeth. There are and Shulchan and Taz. And that the other reason for waiting after meat, namely that it leaves... Okay, so what do we see? We see that at the end of the day, there is a concern. That a person should be machmir, a person should be vigilant with regards to waiting after hard cheese. The problem is, what's hard cheese? So let's have a look. The first time that we see the definition of hard cheese, it is the opinion of the shach. The shach is the following. What is considered hard cheese? If it has fermented for over six months, it is considered hard cheese. 
So anything that is less than six months is not considered hard cheese, and therefore a person wouldn't have to wait. What would a person have to go about and do? Just rinse their mouth. But if it's more than six months, it's considered hard cheese, and it has the ability to, number one, to stick in your teeth, and number two, to leave a layer of fattiness that is going to actually be there. Okay. Go for it. According to the shach, Good. So according to the shach, doesn't matter on the type of cheese. If it is more than six months, it's hard cheese. If it's less than six months, it's not hard cheese, except for Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese, the, the way that is actually created makes it hard, even if it's less than six months. Okay. Good to know. Any kind of Swiss cheese. Any kind of Swiss cheese. Okay. Now, the question is, is that... And this is the next, uh, the next part, is that, is it hard, what about cooked cheese? So a lot of people isn't going to, is not going to have um, hard cheese plain. A lot of people are going to cook it into a pasta or going to cook it into a meal, right? So when we're talking about waiting to eat meat after eating milk with regards to hard cheese, that's talking about if you actually eat the hard cheese plain. But what happens if you mix it into a dish? into a tuna lasagna, into a pasta, whatever it might be. So the halakh is the following. If you're going to melt it, what's going to happen? It's going to lose its density. It's going to be soft. So therefore, it is not necessarily going to be considered hard cheese that a person needs to wait. But that is only when it is mixed into something. If it is melted onto something hard, like a toasted cheese or a piece of toast, then even though it's melted, since it's congealed at the top, it's still considered hard cheese. Okay. So therefore, hard cheese is only a problem if it is not melted. If it is melted, it's not a problem if it's melted into something. Because then when it's melted into something, that's when it goes about and separates. But if it's melted onto toasted cheese or onto something hard, that in and itself will still be a problem like hard cheese. Do we wait for cheese today? Hard cheese today? Do we? Yes. Let's have a look. Waiting for cheese. Um, you can read it. Okay. Based on the approach, the reason to wait after hard cheese committed to its hardness, the Yad Yehuda maintains that after the cheese has been melted, there is no additional fear, and one need not wait. Rub Forst states that the median opinion is limited to where the cheese is melted onto the food. But if, if it is melted onto the food as a separate entity, such as cheese toast, where the cheese is directly as clearly visible as a separate entity in one as well. Like we said, okay. 
Okay, let's go into, in, into, so there's two schools of thought. There's a schools of thought um, in Eretz Yisrael and the school, school of thought in America. Um, the, we'll, read it, we'll read it now. The school of thought in Eretz Yisrael is that we need to be machmir, we need to be vigilant every time we eat the hard cheese. doesn't matter on the hard cheese. Why? Because it could be the hard cheese that gets stuck in one's teeth. And if it is the hard cheese that gets stuck in one's teeth, there's no difference between meat getting stuck in one's teeth and hard cheese getting stuck in one's teeth. However, we're going to see the most postcom in America who we are going to be reliant on is only going to be machmir strict if we know for certain that it's going to be a hard cheese. If we're unsure if it's a hard cheese or it's less than six months, we're not necessarily worried. Okay, let's read that inside. Some poiskim. So any yellow cheese in Eretz Yisrael is considered like hard cheese. Also, huh? Switzerland and, and 100%. And therefore, you'd have to wait six hours. Why? Not because 